So we've gone through nine flavors with a fruit each day. Fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And now, the one I struggle with the most, self-control. So as we've done before, how might we define self-control? Well, if you look in a a dictionary, it might be defined as restraint exercised over one's own impulses, emotions, or desires. In the passage we just read from the Gospel of Luke, we see Jesus exercise divine self-control when tempted by the devil. How well do we maintain self-control when faced with temptation? Well, I'd like to tell you a, a little story about the temptation of the Oreo. By your comments, I, I feel that some of you may share some of that same temptation with me. I am generally really good if there is a pack of Oreos on the table that I can see them and I can walk past them and not grab one. But as soon as that pack is open, it becomes very problematic for me. In fact, Miss Kara, who's back somewhere over there, used to have a pack of Oreos in her office, and one day she left them open and unattended. She had to go down the hall to deal with a classroom issue, and I thought, I will just sneak down, and I will grab one of those Oreos. She won't know that it's missing. And I did. She came back, and we visited for a little bit. She had to run down the hall again, and I said, you know, that one just didn't satisfy me. I'll just get a couple more. And so I did. And then she left again, and guess what? By the time she got back, there was ne'er an Oreo left in that pack. She looked at the pack of empty Oreos, and she looked at me, and she just laughed. What, what could she do? That was, that was pretty much it. Again, self-control is a challenge for me. And so if I can avoid something to begin with, I'm okay. But once I crack the seal, it becomes a problem. We are often tempted by things that, that we know are not in our best interest whether that's an Oreo cookie or the things that we're tempted by might be not ethical or moral. Often we have feelings within us, a little voice tells us, warning us, no, you shouldn't do that. But sometimes temptation appears as a noble cause. So let me tell you the story about the temptation of the fire truck. Now, If you've been going to church here long enough, you know that when Pastor Jeff goes out of town, something happens. Something breaks. And so Monday morning, uh, we we were all gathered and getting ready for uh, a small abbreviated staff meeting. The uh, FMO folks had a little pre-kindergarten camp going on, and suddenly the fire alarm goes off. Of course, the first thing I think is one of those little kids has found that white handle around that shiny red box and decided to give it a pull and see what would happen. So I grabbed my keys and went to the alarm panel to see where that box was that that little youngster had pulled and read on the alarm panel that, in fact, it was uh, a duct detector in the kitchen. 
So I'm thinking, okay, some little squirrel's gotten up in there or, you know, something, no big deal. So Jennifer and I came upstairs and we opened the kitchen door. And as we opened that door, we were met with a wall of smoke from ceiling to floor. And the first thing I thought of is Pastor Jeff's not here and the church is going to burn down and it's going to be my fault. (laughs) How am I going to explain this? And so at that moment, uh, something switched in me. And I went from being a pastoral kind of guy to being a fire kind of guy. Take no prisoners. Jennifer, get everybody out of the building. Close the doors. Close the windows. Do this. There was not a lot of pastoral words coming out of my mouth. The fire department showed up, and I immediately went into fire mode with them. You know, the bravada, the ego, all of that just kind of came roaring back. A few unchoice, non-Christian words even came out amidst all of this excitement. Because again, I don't want this church to burn down. Not on my watch. So after about an hour of investigating, we determined that the town of Boone in their infinite wisdom was smoking the sewer system as they do to check for leaks. And because we don't always use the drains in the kitchen, they had been, the water had evaporated out of the drains, out of the trap, and the smoke had made its way up into the kitchen. Glory be to God, we did not have a fire. But I got to thinking, God, is this a sign that I should be riding that fire truck again? I had given it up a couple years ago. God, is this telling me that I need to shave my beard and get back on that fire truck? You seem to be sending me these signs. And you know what? I like it. I enjoy the excitement and the enthusiasm, the adrenaline of getting on that big red truck. And I'm thinking, this is a sign, people. I don't need to be preaching. I need to be putting out fires. And, and then I had, to, I had to take a moment and I had to think. Because sometimes temptation appears as a noble cause. We find ourselves justifying our lack of self-control when we enjoy doing good, when we enjoy helping others. But then there's that small voice whispering in my ear. Steve, this is not what I called you to do. That small voice, if we are listening. How often have you been drawn into something? It's easy to become what I like to call a helpaholic. There's a strong sense of personal identity and gratification in doing what we think is helpful, especially if it's something we enjoy doing. The temptation is strong, full of thoughts of ultimate satisfaction or even power. And we begin to fill our lives with this feeling of fulfillment, of personal fulfillment. So let me challenge you again. Are we blazing our own trails and asking God to bless them? Or are we following the path that God has made for us? When we find more and more ways to give into temptation especially if we deem it something good. More and more ways to limit our self-control, to fill ourselves with matter of our own accord. We leave precious little margin for the Holy Spirit and for God's direction in our lives. It's easy to justify our lack of self-control when we believe it's for the greater good when we believe that what we're doing brings glory to God. 
We often say yes to things that we believe are righteous, only to discover down the road we are less than fulfilled, that something is still missing from our lives. And yet, we wonder why. Did we pause to ask God for guidance or to invite the Holy Spirit into the discernment process? Did we, did we simply pause for a moment to pray for self-control? God will create opportunities, sometimes even unpleasant ones, to remind us that self-control left to our own device, left to our own effort, is futile. As Moses was concluding his time, he spoke of what God had done. And he said, He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Pastor David Mathis of Cities Church in Minnesota writes, True self-control is not about bringing ourselves under our own control, but under the power of Christ. We often look for self-made distractions to remove the temptation, to practice self-control. We may be able to muster the willpower to push ourselves away from that plate of cookies Or we may sink ourselves deeper into some project that we assume is ordained by God. But this process is of our own making, to our own glory. Mathis goes on to say, The key to self-control is not inward, but it's upward. So let's look to Jesus. We see that before Jesus set out into the wilderness, he was full of the Holy Spirit. Self-control is a gift from God, a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so we must invoke the power of the Lord when we practice self-control. Yes, it can produce some anxiety, perhaps even the fear of missing out on something or the fear of not living into some cause. The disciple Simon Peter encourages us, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. If we wish to embody self-control, we must allow the Holy Spirit to come into our lives and receive these gifts just as Jesus has done. When we are hungry... We must be prepared to defend ourselves from a barrage of temptations. The hunger may be food, like Oreo cookies. That hunger may also be for companionship, or popularity, or success, or a life of significance, or a multitude of other self-inflicted values. What feeds us, however, is not simply a meal or having many friends or being rich and famous. Jesus reminds us that man shall not live on bread alone. And as we read earlier, Moses proclaimed, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Jesus knows of the authority of the word from the Father, and he uses Scripture eloquently 
to rebuke the devil. Temptation is deceptively attractive. And the devil said, if you worship me, it will all be yours. As sinners, we all have been or will be at some time lured by the intoxication of having power over something or someone or even over ourselves. Jesus, armed with the word of God, reminds us all to worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So I ask myself, when I inherently practice self-control or at least try to, am I in fact serving God? Or am I serving myself and my agenda, maybe even my own pride? Self-control is not just about me, but more importantly, it's about what God has done for me. The Apostle Paul reminds us, as he explained to the young leader Titus, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit and thereby not something we manage ourselves. Yet often we think we can control our own self-control with no help from God. And then we find ourselves traveling down a dangerous path of life devoid of fulfillment, missing that grounding relationship with Jesus Christ. For there is no self-control without the Holy Spirit. God has provided that for us along with his words to live by. Draw closer to God and bask in the Holy Scriptures. This morning when I got up, at 7 o'clock every morning, I get a little notification on my phone from the Bible app. I don't know how many of you all have the Bible app on your phone, and if you've got it set to send you a scripture every day, it helps me to start my day with the Word. This was not in the sermon initially, but I want to share this with you that popped up at 7 o'clock this morning on my little phone. The passage was from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. I didn't even have time to give it to Susan back there to throw up on the screen. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Let me read it to you. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. Now here's a guy that just shoved a pack of Oreos down, and yesterday during gathering to serve, even though they tried to sequester all those homemade cookies, it did no good. Once I broke into that pack, it was on. And I packed away at least eight or ten homemade chocolate chip cookies. This temple was not looking good yesterday, friends. <laughs> but what a lovely passage this, this morning to remind me that, that this is a temple from God and that I need to care for it. We require constant attention to our efforts of self-control as we understand that temptation is always among us and that the devil will always be working against us. At the end of our reading from Luke, we, re- we read that when the devil had finished all his tempting of Jesus, the devil left until an opportune time. When we are at a moment of weakness, the devil will find opportunity. 
But Jesus reassures us, as recorded in the Gospel of John, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Friends, as we have finished our study of the fruits of the Spirit, I encourage you, when we open our hearts, the Holy Spirit instills in us love and joy and peace, patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness, and yes, self-control. No matter what fruit of the Spirit we may need at any given moment, know that God has provided for us. May we celebrate this gift today and every day in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.